Welcome to Truth and Charity with Bishop Rhodes, brought to you in part by Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. Bishop calls Catholic Charities the best-kept secret in the diocese. Hear more about their history and mission, as well as their program to help Afghan refugees as we celebrate National Migration Week. Welcome to Truth and Charity with Bishop Rhodes. I am Kyle Hyman here with our bishop and also joining us in the studio is Dan Florin. He is the interim CEO of Catholic Charities for the Diocese of Fort Wayne, South Bend. And we are going to be talking about National Migration Week, which started September 20th. It culminates on the 26th, which is World Refugee Day. And so it's going to be a a special episode talking about migration, talking about Afghanistan, what's happening in our diocese. And maybe just to start things off, Bishop, could you maybe introduce Dan Florin to us and some of the work that Catholic Charities is doing just in general, why this is an important ministry in the diocese and maybe how it's related to the diocese. Sure. Thank you, Kyle. I'm really happy to do that because I'm very proud of our Catholic Charities in the diocese. And it has... um, as many of our listeners know, has many programs that help the poor and disadvantaged and vulnerable uh, population. And one of our programs has to do with our refugee and immigration services. And um, really, we've been pretty renowned in the community for our good work in this area and uh, continues to be a great need as the church uh, continues to teach the importance of of justice for immigrants. And I'm very grateful in particular to Dan Florin, who is our interim, as you said, our interim CEO, and he stepped forward. And I was very grateful for uh, his leadership of Catholic Charities in our diocese these past couple of months. And I've already known Dan before this because he's a parishioner at St. Pius X Parish in Granger with his family. And I got to know him because his son, Brian, is a seminarian for the diocese. Um, yeah. Yeah. And um, so Dan can give a little more of his background, but he was recently retired and uh, now he's out of retirement uh, working for the church. <laughs> but I think it was the Holy Spirit guiding him and guiding me, guiding us, because, as I said, he's doing a great job. So, so I'll turn it over to Dan. Thank you, Bishop. Uh, thank you for those kind words. It's it's great to be here. As Bishop said, I, I left my, my corporate job about two years ago after 34 years in, in corporate America, and I'm really focused on serving the church and am honored to serve as interim CEO for Catholic Charities. Our son, Brian, is in his fifth year at Mount St. Mary's, so he's making uh-huh. tremendous progress and, and such a blessing to our to our family. Yep. I look forward to ordaining him. Excellent. He's he's also a gift to the Cupertino Classic team, the seminarian team. <laughs> he is. He's he a is. great. He's a really yeah. good basketball player. It's funny. We were um, talking with him yesterday, and so some of the guys at the mount were playing basketball, and he ended up getting a couple of three or four stitches in his elbow in his uh, eyebrows by <laughs> oh, catching no. an elbow from a, self, a fellow seminarian. <laughs> we got to keep him. Uh, uninjured for the Cupertino classic at Christmas time, because, you know, we, we, well, I shouldn't side with the seminarians against the priests. (laughs) I better be careful what I say. (laughs) 
But um, Dan, would you tell us a little bit about uh, Catholic Charities before we start on our service to migrants? Be happy to do so. Thank you. You know, it's interesting. I have found that most Catholics in our diocese have heard of Catholic Charities, but the truth is they're not all that familiar with exactly what we do. And um, next year marks our 100th year of service in the Diocese of Fort Wayne, South Bend. Our mission is to serve as the social services arm of the Catholic Church, and therefore our mission is rooted in Catholic social teaching and the corporal works of mercy to serve all those in need as Christ would have us do. You know, looking at Catholic social teaching and how it ties to our mission, Catholic social teaching focuses on the life and dignity of the human person, the need to strengthen and support marriage and family, and also the acknowledgement that when we serve the poor and the sick, that we're serving Jesus and that we're one family, the concept of solidarity. So our mission at Catholic Charities and the ministries that we have really flow from those teachings. Um, at Catholic Charities, we're, we're driven to serve all those in need, as Christ would have us do. The vast majority of the people that we're serving do live on the margins of society and are in some form of crisis. And our team responds with a compassionate heart and a sense of urgency. You know, just several of our, of our ministries and programs, as Bishop alluded to, uh, providing food and clothing to the poor in our community and financial assistance to meet their basic material needs. But we also provide services to help our clients become self-sufficient. We offer mentoring services, counseling and life skills, job placement, things of that nature. An area that we've seen dramatic increase of late from a demand standpoint is mental health and addiction counseling. And as such, we've added resources to our agency to address this growing need. Alongside that, we partner with our pastors and our school principals to provide counseling in our schools. And then last, but certainly not least, and, and certainly pertinent for this week, is the work that we do around refugee resettlement under the direction of the U.S. Conference of, of Catholic Bishops. We have three offices, uh, Fort Wayne, South Bend, and Auburn, serving all 14 counties that make up the diocese. And on average, we serve about 20,000 people per year. I sometimes think it's like the uh, best kept secret of the diocese. We try to get the word out, but, and I'm grateful that we're going to talk about um, Catholic Charities, specifically our refugee resettlement program. But I think we we're trying to do as much as we can to help our people through today's Catholic and Redeemer Radio and others to to know about the good works. And the diocese, of course, through the annual Bishop's Appeal, supports Catholic Charities financially. And, and then we have two special collections every year, uh, Christmas and Mother's Day, uh, so that our, our faithful can contribute and help. Because sometimes we are restricted because we don't have enough funds and there's so many needs out there. So I'm really grateful for the uh, generosity of the people of our diocese. They're thinking of a good cause that they want to support. Uh, Catholic charity certainly is 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 high on the list for me. And I, you know, in talking about National Migration Week, I I was thinking uh, it might be helpful to kind of explain the difference between. We talk about migrants, you know, we talk about refugees, we talk about asylees, those who are seeking asylum. Mm -hmm. And then there's other migrants as well. But um, do you think that would be a good place to begin? Yeah, I think that'd be very helpful, at least for me. Yeah. <laughs> I, would, I would love that clarification. Yeah. 
And uh, I'll let Dan talk some of what we're doing as far as what Catholic Charities is doing in this area. But but maybe just as a general introduction, a refugee is a person who's unable to return to their home country. And it's usually because of persecution. It might be because of their race or their religion or their nationality or their political party or their political opinion, or they belong to a particular social group. and they're not people who necessarily want to leave their country. They don't, but they're forced to do uh, out of out of necessity. Sometimes there's an armed conflict going on. Sometimes there's a civil unrest, violations of human rights, other violence. You know, and in my travels with Catholic Relief Services, I have gotten to see refugee camps and seeing these people, families, individuals displaced. They're just wandering, you know, they, their lives are, are in danger. So they escape and um, where do they go? And what happens, they usually end up, uh, well, first of all, if um, the United Nations is involved in this. So United Nations has refugee camps, um, you know, temporary places. And this is all under the United Nations High Commissioner for Refugees. Now, they could be at a in a camp and things change at home and they can go back and they can go back safely. So another possibility is they're staying in the, fir- the country that they go to first for asylum, for protection. Eventually, they they're permanently integrated into that host country. So that happens sometimes. And usually that's a country that might be near the country that they their own home country that they fled from. Mm -hmm. But then the third is to be resettled into a third country. So these are people who, and then the United Nations will designate them for resettlement. And um, they're usually in danger, not only in their home country, but in their host country, you know, where they've been asylees. And that's where uh, our Catholic charities comes in. Okay. Our refugee resettlement, because these would be people who would be designated by the United Nations. And and um, and then our country, the president decides uh, how many refugees the United States can can receive in a year. And um, so it's a process with the Department of State, uh, Homeland Security, HHS, which is the Department of Health and Human Services. So once the president uh, determines how many now this year, the number is 125,000. He works with Congress and the agencies of the government to authorize these refugees to come into to their country. So for this fiscal year 2022, there are 125,000, although it might be a little larger now because of the situation in Afghanistan. I don't know if the Afghan refugees are included in that 125,000 mm-hmm. number. So so you have these that are authorized to come here. There's a very rigorous and thorough screening process before they would be allowed to come here. There's security screenings. There's, you know, the FBI, the National Counterterrorism Community, the uh, Department of State, Department of Defense, U.S. Citizenship and Immigration Services. So there's a lot of review when someone is applying as a refugee. Because obviously we have national security concerns, so we don't want to admit uh, a terrorist. Um, So once the person is cleared, they're conditionally approved. They go through a medical examination, all the different screening. 
And then they're admitted to one of the resettlement agencies in the United States. And here we get to the church, the U.S. bishops, USCCB. We have a department of migration services. And then there are certain Catholic, certain dioceses where their Catholic charities are doing the resettlement of refugees. So it's quite a process, quite a lot of people involved. And that gets to our own Catholic charities and our own refugee resettlement services. So with that background, and Dan can correct me if anything I said is is incorrect, but um, I'll let Dan take it from here about how, what our diocese then does. Excellent. So can I can I maybe just chime in and, and ask when they're flying over from, say, Afghanistan, are they flying directly into Fort Wayne or are they do, going through all this screening process in D.C. or something? No, they're these other countries. They're in this that second country that I mentioned. So okay. um, so they're in that um, that holding pattern, basically the country of first asylum, we can say uh-huh. now with the situation in Afghanistan. Some have already come over and they're being held in the United States, but that's not the normal thing. Uh, the okay. normal thing is they may be waiting. For example, all our, you know, we resettled so many Burmese refugees right. in, in Fort Wayne. Well, they didn't come immediately. They were all, they were in refugee camps in Thailand or some other country before they came to the U.S. So they may be waiting a couple of years before they're cleared for ad- admission to our country. And when was that? When the Burmese were coming out? Oh, it was even it was before I was bishop. So I was eleven years ago. Now it's continued since I've been bishop. We've continued to resettle Burmese, but I bet it was ten, at least ten years before I came. Dan, do you know how? Yeah, in in fact, um, our Catholic Charities Agency welcomed our first refugees in 1975 um, from South Vietnam. So that's how long. Yeah. Our agency has been involved with refugee resettlement. And wow. um, since that period of time, we've our agency has resettled roughly 5,300 people through the program. Wow. So a very long, long history. Wow. We have in the world today, 26 million refugees. So that's a huge number of people who are displaced from their home countries um, mm-hmm. through no fault of their own. Why is the church involved in this is basically our teaching from the gospel. Every person is created in the image and likeness of God and is entitled to dignity and to respect. So it's really fundamental duty of ours. And also from the words and the life of Christ, who Jesus himself, who was a migrant, as we know, part of a refugee family when they had to flee to Egypt, And, you know, Jesus said, I was a stranger and you welcomed me. So to welcome people in need, people who are whose lives are in danger with to welcome them with love and compassion is is really part of our faith. Um, They're fleeing danger. They're fleeing exploitation and persecution. So it's really an important part of the church's mission. And I'm really happy that it's it's part of the mission of our diocese through through Catholic charities. And before we talk about Afghanistan specifically, I know, Dan, you're very new at this position, but have you had any either stories before you got there or encounters that you've had with migrants and some of the work that's being done in the area? Sure. Um, 
you know, in fact, our refugee resettlement department is led by a, a Burmese uh, refugee, Nian Chan, who's just amazing. Mm. He, he's been in that role over 20 years. And yeah. his department, which like, like maybe there's 14 or 15 folks in that department, many of, many of them are refugees who benefited from our resettlement program. And it's just, it's a joy to, to get to know them and hear their stories. There's eight military camps that are housing the refugee evacuees um, mm -hmm. from Afghanistan. And one of those sites uh, is Camp Attleberry in Indiana. There's over 6,000 that are housed there currently, and that's likely to be where we receive our Afghan um, refugees. And we're anticipating between 50 to 75 uh, refugees to come to Fort Wayne. And uh, early next year, there's a high probability that we'll welcome maybe half that amount into South Bend as well. You know, what has just um, really opened my eyes um, to, to the plight of the migrant and the community effort that it takes for successful resettlement. We had a meeting last week in Fort Wayne. We invited all of the leaders of various community agencies in, in Fort Wayne. And it really does take a coalition of partners for successful resettlement. When you think about a, a migrant who's coming to the country, they have fled their country, they, they, they have the clothes on their back. And um, the collaboration that's required in the community across housing, education, cultural orientation, language translators, interpreters, legal services, law enforcement. I mean, we, we had a room full of folks from Fort Wayne community leaders wanting to help Catholic charities. So Catholic mm. charities kind of is the, the, the point person we help with the resettlement, but it really does take a coalition of a community to, to make it work. And, and Ian as our leader um, knows that, and he's just so, you know, having been through it himself knows what's needed for success and to sustain that program over time. All right. Well, just want to remind people, if you have questions for Bishop for a future episode, ideas for a topic, you can text the Holy Cross College text line at 260-436-9598. And we will have more from Bishop and our special guest, Dan Florn, about Catholic charities and the work they're doing with refugees, and specifically those refugees coming from Afghanistan. Coming up on Truth and Charity with Bishop Rhodes, brought to you in part by Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. Notre Dame Federal Credit Union has a special mission to serve the Catholic Church in America. In 2020 alone, we've served over 800 parishes, schools, and nonprofits in more than 25 dioceses nationwide. We are a member-owned, not-for-profit cooperative, working hard to create a national Catholic financial alternative to the for-profit banks. You already share our values. Why not share in our benefits? Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. Welcome back to Truth and Charity with Bishop Rhodes. I'm Kyle Hyman here with our bishop and special guest, Dan Florin, the interim CEO of Catholic Charities in the Diocese of Fort Wayne, South Bend. And we've been talking about migrants and refugees and those that are seeking asylum. What would be the main difference between these and, and maybe some of the, I don't know if you want to respond to any kind of controversy that might be out there or issues that people might have? Yeah, I think that's a very good question. I think a lot of times 
people ask, well, what's the difference between a refugee and an asylee? Well, the a refugee is granted protection before they enter the United States. So they're usually in one of these other countries, a host country or a refugee camp somewhere. And then they're granted uh, this status as a refugee before they enter the United States. Whereas an asylee applies for protection as an asylum seeker once they've already arrived and entered the United States. So that's what we see a lot okay. on the southern border. People entering and they're not already designated refugees, but they come here. So we're their first country, basically. And really anyone like this whose life is in danger, they have the right to seek asylum. They come usually through a, a, an official port of entry or somewhere else along the border. So they come and if they're physically allowed in the United States or they get in the United States, they apply for asylum and uh, that'll be adjudicated uh, by an asylum officer at uh, the U.S. Citizenship and Immigration Services. Now, a person who comes in undocumented or whatever, uh, an individual can face deportation after they're apprehended and they're placed into uh, immigration court proceedings by Immigration and Customs Enforcement, ICE, and they can apply for asylum as a defense against being removed. But there is a real backlog of these cases. It's really difficult because there are not enough judges. But we want to make sure that these asylum seekers have have due process. So we need more immigration judges. And of course, there's also the need for these people to have legal information, you know, pro bono attorneys. So you see in Catholic charities down on the border with Mexico and that helping to provide pro bono attorneys, you know, oftentimes these are people who are very vulnerable. Um, you know, sometimes they're they're held in detention or there's alternatives to detention. I think throughout all of this, the the important thing that as the church, we believe in the right of a nation, a sovereign nation to protect its borders. We're not open border. We don't advocate for open borders. But if someone's fleeing violence and persecution, uh, we believe they should be protected and welcomed. Mm -hmm. um, so they should there should be a an asylum process for these cases uh, so that um, people who are genuinely eligible will be admitted. So, Dan, how long does this process usually take? You know, normally it's a couple of year process in the case of the oh, wow. uh, in the case of the folks from Afghanistan. It is a um, it's a shortened process. And um, we've been asking questions about health screening and security vetting, and that's all happening at these military bases. So I uh, feel very confident that when people do come to Fort Wayne and South Bend, that those, you know, those activities would have been done and those people would have been cleared, you know, before arriving here. So in this case, it's a um, kind of an expedited price process and it's pretty fluid situation. Uh, Nian is on calls, you know, multiple times a week and our confidence is growing in terms of the quality of the process, despite its uh, abbreviated timeframe. So, are you usually working with individuals or families or groups of families? Do they have like a cluster of 20 or 30 people that they're trying to place together? That's a great question. Um, oftentimes in the, in the normal refugee resettlement, we're reuniting families, you know, that have been separated. I think in the, in the okay. case of the Afghan uh, situation, it remains to be seen how many are, you know, families that we're bringing in versus individuals. 
I did read recently of the over 6,000 um, Afghan people that are at Camp Attleberry, 41% were children so, and um, more than half, you know, women and children. So I would expect that that will be the, the composition that we receive in, in Fort Wayne. And, you know, I, we like to think of the goal of what we're doing uh, as, you know, really restarting, helping these people restart their lives here mm-hmm. in America. We, we will, we Catholic charities will pick them up at the airport. Uh, we'll bring them to their new apartment. You know, some of these folks haven't been in a modern apartment, so we'll literally help them make sure they know how to use the, uh, you know, the water and the stoves and, and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Um, I was also hearing in terms of a, sustain, a success story that it often takes a handful of community families or people to work with that family, you know, in terms of a cultural uh, integration sure. standpoint, normally it takes about five families to make it a successful resettlement, which, which makes a lot of sense. And, and also highlights, you know, why we need the entire community supporting us and how housing is always uh, the biggest challenge first and foremost. Um, but then of course, also the language barrier, the cultural mm-hmm. issues, the legal services that Bishop referred to, and then employment, because our, our goal is not only to uh, resettle them within a couple of months, but also help them find jobs. And I'm really proud of the work that our agency has done. 86% of our refugee resettlement clients have found jobs within four to six months. The national average of that's more like wow. 70 or 75%. And that of course helps them make money and sustain, sustain their living and, and get off public assistance and, and become successful and valuable parts of the community. And I imagine that language barrier is a huge part of the the difficulty of finding them work if if they're not able to speak the language and communicate. Absolutely. So one of the one of the needs that we've highlighted to our coalition partners um, is in, you know interpreters and translators. There's a handful of different dialects of from Afghanistan. So we're mm-hmm. we're in the middle of looking for those folks. And again, really impressed by the group in Fort Wayne, the community leaders who are stepping up to do that. And it's certainly something that, you know, we would ask of the audience if, if there's any folks that happen to know the language of the Afghan people, um, we're, we're in need of volunteers for that. Do you see yourself hiring somebody for uh, on, the, on the staff to be able to help with that communication? Yes, we are act- actively yeah. searching for that. Yes. We face this issue with the, um, the Burmese refugees, the refugees from Burma or Myanmar, a lot of different yeah. Uh, local languages and dialects. So that was a challenge. It's interesting that uh, we have a community of of uh, Catholic Burmese in Fort Wayne. Most of the Burmese refugees were Buddhist, but there's a a really wonderful community of Burmese Catholics, and they they attend. Most of them attend to the Cathedral of the Immaculate Conception, and we have a Burmese priest. But there's a that issue of language became an issue, I understand, because our priest was a different uh, uh, language than the people. But I guess he is able to to speak in a way that they understand. I don't know how that works, but uh, but anyhow, um, I, I didn't realize that was the situation also in Afghanistan. So I'm just curious. I'd like to ask Dan a question about, you know, if some listeners or especially maybe some parishes want to help out, what can they do? Mm -hmm. Sure. Sure. 
I would ask our listeners really to to open their hearts to this cause. I know this can be somewhat controversial when you watch footage on the southern border and what happened in Afghanistan, but you can't help but be moved when you saw those you know those pictures on the news of the people clinging to planes. It really highlighted just how desperate of a situation mm-hmm. that we're in. And um, Nian reminded me back 20 years ago that we we did resettle folks, um, about 50 people from Afghanistan um, at following 9-11 into the um, Fort Wayne area. So we have settled Af- Afghans before. Some of those are still in the community of Fort Wayne. So in terms of our ask for help, I'd, I'd say that it really does come down to helping us. Uh, we mentioned language translation. I mentioned our goal to create self-sufficiency and and one of the best ways to do that is for mentors, you know, people that are willing to take time, whether it's youth mentoring or adult mentoring, it really fits nicely with the solidarity aspect of what we try to do. So if you're willing to be a mentor to a family or your family help mentor an Afghan family, uh, that would be amazing. We need um, teachers who are willing to, to teach English to these folks. And um, we're also in need of donations, um, things like furniture, kitchen supplies, cleaning supplies, because we can secure housing, but it's typically an empty shell and we need to uh, fill it up with, with what people need, bedding and so forth. And we also need financial assistance. So there, there's uh, very limited federal funding that's coming towards this, that, that will probably run out, run its course within the first 45 to 60 days. So we would also ask for financial contributions to help us be able to sustain and support these families that are coming to Fort Wayne and, and to South Bend. And so what is the best way for people they they want to get involved? And one of those is really speaking to them or they, they've got a group at the parish and they said, hey, we can we can all kind of chip in for this. What's the best way for them to get a hold of you and find out the, the biggest need or to, to make their contributions? Uh, the best way would be to go to our website which is uh, ccfwsb.org slash donate, or feel free to call our number in Fort Wayne, which is 260-422-5625 and ask for extension 224. And that will bring you to our mission advancement person who, who will provide all the information that's needed. So we truly ask for your help. It's a wonderful cause. And uh, the community's been and the diocese has been so generous to Catholic charities uh, in the past. And we ask for those uh, contributions to continue in the future. You know, I'm thinking of groups like the Christ Child Society. I bet they would be happy if there's babies or little children to Mm. to have um, Mm -hmm. clothes and things for them. And I don't know when it comes to, you know, practical needs, concrete things like food. Do you prefer to receive money and then provide gift cards for the people to go to grocery? I mean, how do you, those just basic needs when they first get here, how, how are they handled? A combination of our food pantries that we have. We have a food pantry in, in Auburn and South Bend. We actually don't have a food pantry in Fort Wayne. So in light of that uh, cash contribution, we would convert that into gift cards to local grocery stores. That's probably the best way to handle that specific yeah. need. Yeah. And as far as the mentor or sponsor situation, is that an official program? Is there a, any training or guidance or a routine meetings, or is it more just, we'll put you in touch and you can help out however you're able? We, we do have formal mentoring programs, both for youth 
mentoring and um, older folks who are in need of of mentoring and job placement. So um, if you're interested in doing that, you can talk to Nicole Curate, who's our mission advancement person, and she can put people in touch with the leaders of that mentorship program. And we'll make sure people are trained and comfortable before they uh, would begin to do that. You know, we also helped with um, some of our Burmese children for uh, their education, getting into Catholic schools. And um, if the school had ESL program that can help the student, you know, when they first come, their children learn new languages much more quickly than adults do. But usually the first year, they're going to need some specialized uh, help with English. And I hope some of our Catholic schools are equipped to do so. Because it'd be wonderful to get so if the parents would be open to that, um, you know, that is another avenue. That's an excellent idea. Yeah. English as a second language type program would be if yeah. we do have uh, and I'm sure we do in some of our Catholic schools. Yeah. Able to offer that. All right. Well, again, the website is CCFWSB. So Catholic Charities, Fort Wayne, South Bend, CCFWSB.org. We'll have a link to that in the show notes for this in the podcast, as well as the phone number that you mentioned. Maybe, Dan, you can mention that phone number again in just a second. But just I want to give people a a moment to get a pen out if they wanted to. But just want to thank you for the work that you're doing, Dan and Bishop, as well. Like This makes me so proud of our diocese and of the Catholic Church that we are reaching out to those that are in such a, a difficult situation. So thank you so much for the work that you're doing. And Dan, could you give out that phone number sure, again? Sure, Kyle. It's 260-422-5625, extension 224 uh, for Nicole Curate. Okay. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Dan. Appreciate it. My pleasure. Thanks so much for having me, Kyle. One last thing, Kyle. The um, We started with this being the um, National Migration Week and Uh, Sunday will be World Day of Migrants and Refugees. And the theme for this year's World Day of Migrants and Refugees is, uh, and I quote, towards an ever wider we, we capitalized. Hmm. And this really uh, idea of this theme towards an ever wider we came from Pope Francis in his encyclical Fratelli Tutti. And he uh, emphasized that this focus calls on us to ensure that after all this, we will think no longer in terms of them and those, but only us. And I think that's beautiful. And, you know, like this is us, we're all all part of the human family. You know, we are also part of the family of the church, which is part of the whole human family, brothers and sisters, called to be an ever wider we that we see these uh, these refugees as um, really brothers and sisters in the human family. Yeah. Thank you so much, Bishop. And could we get your Episcopal blessing before we go? Sure. The Lord be with you and with your spirit. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Now and forever. Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. May almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right. Thank you, Bishop. And thank you, Dan. You're welcome, Kyle. You're welcome. Thank you. Truth and Charity with Bishop Rhodes is brought to you in part by Notre Dame Federal Credit Union.
This show is a production of the Spoke Street Media Podcast Network. For more great podcasts, visit spokestreet.com.